Last weekend, we completed a four-week study on the sixth chapter of John's Gospel in which Jesus revealed himself as the bread of life and said that the bread I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. And we saw that at no time did Jesus use the language of symbol to soften, backpedal, or reframe his startling message to make it easier for the crowd to accept. Jesus was adamant. He offered then and he offers now and will continue to offer until he returns, may it be tonight, the mystery of his body and blood, calling them true food and true drink to nourish his disciples for this life and the life to come. The once enthusiastic crowd that wanted to make Jesus their king rejected his offer and according to the gospel, murmured, uttering secret and sullen discontent. Then they abandoned Jesus. We also saw an interesting shift in last weekend's gospel. The apostle John ignored the crowd completely. There was nothing more he, that Jesus could do for them. Instead, the apostle John focused on the many disciples who were just as appalled by the mystery of the Eucharist as was the crowd. It was too much for them to accept. They too mumbled, uttering secret and sullen discontent. According to the gospel, many returned to their former way of life and no longer accompanied him. And you saw last week, Jesus made no effort to stop them. He did not change his message about this great mystery. He refused then and he refuses today to employ the soft language of symbol to make the mystery of the Eucharist more acceptable to fallen man's limitations and sensitivities. Being one with the Father and the Holy Spirit, he, he reminded the shocked and overwhelmed disciples that it is the Holy Spirit that gives life, that human flesh alone is useless. All of Jesus' miracles are rooted in the power of the Holy Spirit that the Son has always been one in being with even after he took flesh by the Holy Spirit and the consent of the Virgin Mary. Jesus did not and does not alter the truth or the power of his words about the mystery of the Eucharist. He couldn't even if he wanted to because he is the word of God in human flesh, which means he is the truth of God in human flesh. And he cannot be untrue to himself. In the mystery of the Eucharist, Jesus is always seeking to draw his disciples in every generation into a deeper relationship with him, elevating them above the limitations of our fallen nature. There are those today, even some who call themselves Catholic, who chose instead for the interior darkness of their 
personal opinions, or even worse, their feelings. Why? There are many reasons, but I think they all share one common denominator. Fear. The fear of mystery. I've said numerous times these last several weeks that we are afraid of holy mystery because it is beyond our understanding and above all, it is beyond our control. Our fallen nature makes us control freaks. The mystery of the Eucharist calls from us the one thing we dig our heels in against. Submission in gratitude to this unfathomable display of divine love for man. The fear of change. A man claiming to be Catholic said to me one day, I don't believe the Eucharist is real. Why, I asked. He said, well, because then I would have to change. And I don't want to change. I told him, I admire your honesty. I wish more people were honest like that. He was spot on with an insight that many do not have and many do not want to have. Receiving the Eucharist is never a passive action putting out my hands, sticking out my tongue? No. Reception of the Holy Eucharist is an intentional act of the mind, the will, and the soul that brings one into a deeper relationship with Christ, and this means we have to change, as we do in any meaningful, life-giving relationship. I urge the man to consider two things. That Jesus' words make real what he sends them out to do so that bread and wine become his body and blood. And Jesus entrusts the celebration of this great mystery to his church, which he personally established to give us strength to enter the journey of making those changes we all need to make if we are to become all that we were created to be. The Son of God wants, dare I say, the Son of God desires to feed us with his body and blood in our moment of time in history to raise us above our time in history and to come to rest in eternal security. Jesus knows how hard change is for us, how intensely we resist it, how it comes so slowly and sometimes with pain, and how our fallen nature predisposes us to give up on change when we experience the setbacks of our sinful choices. He wants us to accept the nourishment of his body and blood to fortify us for all these interior battles. Fear of doubt. In the Protestant church that I was raised in, doubt was considered a sin. If you doubted, that was a sign you were predestined for damnation. 
Doubt, however, can be a good thing if used wisely. Doubt is a sign that what we were taught as children no longer helps us as adults as we struggle in this increasingly bizarre world that we live in. Under grace, doubt becomes an invitation to a more mature faith and a more mature and satisfying relationship with Jesus. Fear of unworthiness. When I was a newbie Catholic, I often worried about going to Holy Communion because in my head, I just wasn't good enough. When I shared this struggle with the priest who received me into the church, Father Joe Keith, he gave me a bit of advice that I've passed on to others. He said, of course you're not worthy. No one is. So get over it and go to communion. Now, this does not mean that we should receive the holy gifts if we're in a state of mortal sin, you know, serious matter, one knows it's serious matter, one gives full consent to the act. No, we need to go to another great mystery of healing, the sacrament of confession. But feeling unworthy is not sufficient grounds to abstain from the holy gifts. In fact, more often than not, it's a sign of pride that my personal feelings are more true than he who is the truth. Now, how do we help such folks? First, by making the reception of the body and blood of our Lord a priority in our lives. Easier said than done at times, to be sure, but never underestimate the impact on others by our fidelity to the holy gifts. Second, know what the Lord and his church teaches about the Eucharist. With all the high-quality educational tools at our disposal, there is no excuse not to grow in our knowledge and devotion to our Lord in the holy gifts. Third, never stop praying for those who for whatever reason stay away from the Eucharist. God still loves them. He never gives up on them. Neither should we. Finally, always invite them to come with you to the holy sacrifice of the Mass, to the divine liturgy, even if they can't go to communion right away. Why? You never know how or when the Lord will work on their souls.